Shalom Aleichem, sisters and brothers, holy sisters and wonderful brothers. We're continuing learning about Moshe Rabbeinu and the holy days of his life, of his life, that our lives depends on him. Maybe that's why I said lives. Our lives depends on his life. So we're talking about this uh, situation that Hashem is telling him that he needs um, that he needs to go, that he needs to go up. And Moshe is arguing, Moshe is begging, Moshe is asking, "No, please, I want to stay. No one wants to die." So um, Moshe said, "Ribono Shelolam, Master of the Universe, what the creations will say." The legs who were walking in the sky and the hands that received the Torah, the mouth that spoke with Hashem, will die. And he could not find an answer. And even though that he did all those great things, he could not find an answer from Hashem. So what the other creations will say if, like to Moshe, death is, is, is his destiny. So what the rest of the creations will do? So, even though that Moshe is keep on arguing and asking and begging to stay, Akadosh Baruch Hu told him it's not an option. In ten different places, it's written, um, it's mentioned in the Bible on the death of, of Moshe. First place that it's written is saying, Hen karvu the days of your death are coming closer. Second place, it's written, Umut Bahar, and you shall die in the mountain. Third, Ki Anuchi Met, that Moshe said that he's going to die. Fourth, Ki Yadati Achre Muti, I knew that after my death, Moshe is mentioning. Fifth, Umoshe Ben Me'av Esrim Shana, and Moshe was 120 years old, Bemoto, when he died. Vayamot Sham Moshe, and he passed away over there. Those are the ten times um, that it's written. Vayamot Sham Moshe. Ten times HaKadosh Baruch Hu decreed death on Moshe and that he will not enter to the Holy Land. And still, the judgment was not sealed, was not signed, until Hashem revealed Himself on him. And he told him, you will not pass the Jordan River. And all those things were light in the eyes of Moshe. It means that Moshe did not take it seriously enough to understand. He did not even consider that it will really going to happen to him. And few times, and why? Because few times he saw that the people of Israel sinned, and he said to himself, Moshe said to himself, because I was praying for them, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Hashem was forgiving them and canceling the decree. And me that I never sinned in my life, for sure that when I will pray to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he will accept my prayer. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when he saw that, that, that those warnings that Hashem said to Moshe a few times that he will die, that he will not pass the Jordan River, that he will not enter to the land of Israel, and he's not taking it seriously, and he did not pray 
for himself. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu set the verdict on him and made an oath that Moshe will not enter to the land, to the Holy Land. And it's written in the verses, Lachen You will not be the ones to bring this public to the land of Israel. And when Moshe saw that that verdict took place, he decreed on himself to fast and not to eat and not to drink and stood to pray, started to pray and said, I'm not moving from this spot until you will cancel, will cancel any decree. Moshe said to Hashem, I'm not moving until you will cancel all the decrees. So what did Moshe did when he took that decision on himself? He put a sack instead of outfits and instead of, of clothing, wore a sack. That's a way of uh, the mourners to wear a sack instead of clothing. Put ashes on his body and stood in prayer in front of HaKadosh Baruch in front of Hashem. 15 times he prayed, means 15 different kinds of prayers. He stood and asked and, and, and begged until the sky and the land were shaking and all creations of creation of Bereshit said, maybe it's time that HaKadosh Baruch Hu decided to renew his world. Like everyone felt that the land is shaking, that the sky is shaking, all the animals, everyone thought maybe the Creator decided to, to break the world. A voice came out from the sky and said, no, it's not the time of the world to be renewed. Just that it's in the hand of the one that holds all the spirits in his hands and the spirit of every flesh and bones um, to take a decision about the soul of Moshe. So the sky, the heavenly voice came out and, and explained to all the creations that were wondering if it's the time for the world to be destroyed, that no, the world is not about to be destroyed, just that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is considering if to take the soul of Moshe or what to do with him. The problem with Moshe was to kill him so fast was not an easy thing to do because he was so humble. He was always humbling himself. An arrogant person, someone that stands in a low level, you can push him down and he will fall and die. But the person that always go to the lowest places of them all, you cannot push him. You cannot kill him. He's humble. He's already like holding himself as dead. And it's written on Moshe, that man Moshe is the most humble person in the world. What did HaKadosh Baruch Hu do? He declared in all the skies, in all the heavens, in all courts, houses of heavens, that they should not accept the prayers of Moshe. And no angel is allowed to carry the prayers of Moshe in front of him, in front of Hashem, because the Creator already signed the verdict. That's it, that he shall die. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu called all the ministers of the sky for them to come and rush and told them, go down and lock all gates of prayers that the prayer of Moshe will not rise. You see that Hashem himself needs the angels to protect from the, from the prayers from rising because if prayers are rising, that's it, they're being answered. 
That's why we need to pray. That's why we need to scream to Hashem every day. Please Hashem, bring the redemption. Please Hashem, bring the salvation. Please Hashem, that we shall not die. Please Hashem, that no one will die. Please Hashem, all the time to send requests, requests. Because when the prayers are up, that's it. They must be answered. In that time, the sky and the earth and all the foundations of earth and creations of Bereshit, of creation, were all shaking from the prayers of Moshe because it looked like a sword that is tearing and cutting and nothing can stop it because the prayer of Moshe is like the explained name, the Shem HaMeforash, that he learned from his rabbi, the angel that I am not allowed to mention his name. So there was an angel who taught Moshe how to pray properly while calling the name of Hashem and Moshe used that kind of prayer and it was tearing the sky for pieces, to pieces. And on that hour, Yechezkel the prophet said, and I heard behind me huge noise. That huge noise that he heard was Moshe, that it's written on him, the man Moshe is huge. Same words that Yechezkel heard, it explained what he heard, huge noise, were used on the explanation on Moshe's level, that he was also huge. From there we learned. In the time that the angels of the sky saw that HaKadosh Baruch Hu did not accept the prayer of Moshe and did not look at him and he did not give him life, immediately they all opened their mouths and said, Baruch Kivod Adonai Mimkomo. Blessed is the name of Hashem from His place. Why? Because He never changed the, like, He doesn't change His opinion according to a person. He's not afraid of no one. He's doing what that is right to His eyes. He's not forgetting anything. He's not, um, He's, no matter if the person is big or small, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is doing things by justice, by order, by the truth. And where did we learn it from that Moshe prayed 515 prayers, beggings, because it's the numeral value of the word Va'etchanan. I will beg to Hashem. The verse is saying Va'etchanan el Hashem. Moshe was begging to Hashem. And the normal value of that prayer, Va'etchanan, that represents the prayer, prayers of Moshe, is in the numeral value of 515, um, equal to the number of prayers that he prayed. He said to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to Ribbono Shel Olam, many times I felt sorrow for the people of Israel, I suffered for them, that they will become the special and chosen nation for you. And I saw in their trouble and isn't it the right thing that I will see their joy? Let me see their redemption when they're entering to the Holy Land. How can it be that your Torah is right when it's written, in his day you commanded us that in the day if a person is having, an, he has an employee, so he needs to pay his employee in the day of his work unless they set that he will pay him in the end of the month or something like that. But if you have a worker that's supposed to get money today, you need to pay him in that day. It's a mitzvah. So, I did many things for you, and where is my reward? Where is the reward of 40 years that I went in the desert, felt sorrow for your children? Where is the 
reward for the days I suffered for them in Egypt, in the sea, in the desert, in the Torah and the mitzvot that I established for them. I saw their trouble and their goodness and I did everything I could for them. I cannot see where is my reward. And more than that, you're telling me that I will not even cross the Jordan River? Forty years until now, I was not teaching and I was only doing everything that I could for the people of Israel. Immediately when HaKadosh Baruch Hu saw that Moshe Rabbeinu felt so much sorrow and he is demanding his salvation, HaKadosh Baruch Hu started to please him and told him, My son Moshe, your reward is huge in the world to come. You'll be satisfied from all kinds of <coughs> pleasures and joy in the world to come. Like that it's written, You're one of my loved ones that loves me. I will inherit your goodness and your treasures I will fill. Those verses are going on the righteous ones who are keeping and fulfilling the rules of the Torah out of love. Those are 300. So Shmuel said, Shmuel Letana said, those are 310 times 10,000 worlds of the world to come. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the future will give every righteous man and righteous men. 310 times 10,000 worlds that righteous people will inherit in the world to come. I already explained to you a long detailed explanation on the world to come salvation, how the redemption will take place in all the time spots in the past and how every moment of our lives um, that in the past were corrected and we were um, worthy to be redeemed in will be part of our eternal redemption. We will have an access to those fantastic hours of redemption that will be redeemed. So you can check other videos of mine from the last um, couple of weeks and you're going to see a deeper explanation to those 310 um, worlds in the future to come as a reward for the righteous ones. So the righteous ones are those ones who have not spoiled certain worlds, certain times in their lives, not to be redeemed in those. So other people will have less worlds to be redeemed in and it's also going to be amazing like 5,000, 10,000 but those complete huge righteous ones will have 310 times 10,000 worlds to enjoy from. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to Moshe, your days will be, are ending but their length will never end. You will not need the world and you will not need the light of the sun and not the light of the moon and the stars, not eating and not drinking, not coverings and not outfits, not oil and not shoes, that me myself will light for you and from my honor I will dress you and from my glow I will cover you and from my beauty I will purify your face and from the sweetness of my um, of, of my sweetness I will satisfy your throat you will drink and from my chariot I will put chariot under you and from my staff I will give staff to your hand that the known name is imprinted on it that in that staff I created the world you will enjoy it and you will have 
an example in the world. You will see the light um, in, 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 eternal, in an eternal way. My staff is one out of 8,060,000 ,060 of the world to come. It's like a certain percentage of his, its, of its glory. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, In this world I made many wonders by you. I took out a people of Israel from Egypt. I torn the sea for them. I brought man down from the sky for them. I fed them with the food of angels. I made the bitter water to, to sweet. I gave them Torah and mitzvot that are equal to the organs of the person's body and equals to the days of the year and won wars for them by you. It's enough for you, Moshe. It's your day to come and the day for Yoshua Binun to support the people of Israel. And in the future, I will write by the hand of Shlomo, your student, Shlomo the king, the son of King David, when the sun is shining, the sun is rising, the sun is setting. The sun of um, Yoshua Binun is rising and the son of Moshe is setting. Amar Moshe. So Moshe said, Ribono Shel Olam, Father of the Universe, Im Eini Mefarnes Et Israel. So if I will not be the one to lead the people of Israel, Yikansu Banai Tachtai, Please bring my children to lead the people instead of me. Or the children of Aaron, my brother, that they will lead the nation of Israel instead of me. Amar Kadosh Baruchu, Vehu Yanchil Otam Et Haaretz. Yoshua Binun, he will be the one to inherit the land, not your children. So Moshe saw that a decree was decreed on him, like there is nothing to do. Vayelech Moshe vaydaber elehem, and Moshe went and spoke with them. Moshe went and spoke with the people. That Hakadosh, and he told the people of Israel that Hakadosh Baruch Hu told him Sheyamut that he is going to die, and he was waiting himself until the time that it will happen. And he went and called all the people of Israel and explained and interpret the whole Torah to 600,000 people in 70 languages. Moshe explained the Torah to 600,000 men that were there with him in 70 languages that Moshe knew. All the um, main uh, roots of the languages that we have today he spoke in them and taught the Torah in them and said, Vayelech Moshe vaydaber. It's written that Moshe went and spoke and our sages taught us that it was in Aleph Shvat, in the first day of the month of Shvat, that Moshe explained the Torah to the people of Israel. How do we know that it was in the first day of the month of Shvat? That it says in the Torah, Vayibar ba'im shana, after 40 years, in the twelfth, twelfth um, month, in the first to the month, Diber Moshe, from the first day of Shvat till Zain Be'adar, the day that Moshe passed away in 36 days. And in those days, he explained the Torah to the people of Israel. And in Zain Be'adar, in the seventh day of Adar, he passed away. 
And in that day that he died, he knew that it's going to happen because that there was a voice, a heavenly voice that came out of the sky and saying, Moshe, watch over yourself that you don't have no more life in this world, but this day alone. Only today you still have life. Rabbi Chelbo said on that, on that day, in the day that Moshe Rabbeinu Alava Shalom died, he wrote 13 attributes. 13 attributes of kindness. He revealed 13 deep, deep levels of kindness and sent books to all the tribes of Israel. There were um, 12 tribes and Moshe sent one to each and every one of those tribes <coughs> that those books explained the 13 midot of kindness and one probably kept with himself, but it does not written what he did. Oh yes, it is written here soon. So he wrote 13 midot, like 13 explanation, and sent those books to every, every tribe and tribe. And still it was not the half of the day. And then he called every tribe and tribe and gave them the Torah and the mitzvot and that book that he wrote. And the best of all of them, he put in the side of the ark the holy ark that was carrying within it the tablets and the broken tablet and the jar that was full with the man. The man was the heavenly food and the staff of Aaron, of Aharon, that was blooming with amazing uh, miracle that Hashem made to that staff of Aharon that he was chosen. And he warned them, Moshe warned them and rebuked each and every one on his own. Moshe above time had time in that day to speak with every person of the people of Israel. Anashim levad venashim levad. Men alone and women alone. He spoke with every soul of Israel in that day and told them, be careful to respect the Torah and the mitzvot that we're obligated to keep. And there is an opinion that is saying that the angel Gavriel came down and took the Torah from the hand of Moshe and took him up to the great courthouse of heavens to know how righteous Moshe was. And he took him in every sky and sky. The verse that is the evident for that is that it's written, Shenemar, Tzidkat Hashem Asa Umishpatav Im Israel. That the angel Gabriel announced on the righteous, on the good deeds of Moshe that he did, and his trials means that he was teaching the people of Israel. And not only that, just also that the souls of the righteous ones are reading in that Sefer Torah of Moshe Rabbeinu that the angel Gabriel brought up to heavens in Monday and Thursdays and in the holy days. They are all reading in the Torah that was written by Moshe in the sky, in heavens. Amar Rabbi Yoshaya, Rabbi Yoshaya said, in that time Moshe made huge honor to Yoshua, glory and great honor to in front of the eyes of all the children of Israel. And they were announcing to all the camp of Israel to say, come and listen the words of the new prophet that will stand for us today. Come all the people of Israel to honor Yeshua. And then Moshe commanded to bring a golden chair a throne and a crown that rubies and good stones are established in it. 
and a hat of kingship that was in dark red color and Moshe was standing and fixing everything, putting the benches and tables for the Sanhedrin and all the wise people, all the head leaders and the servants, the Kohanim. He set the place for everyone to come and listen to hear Torah from the mouth of Yoshua. Moshe did it on his own. And then Moshe went to Yoshua and dressed him with those royal garments and put the crown to his head and established him on the throne of gold and put for him a translator for him to speak in front of all the people of Israel. And who was the translator? Translator does not mean necessarily that he's translating from language A to language B, just that he was calling out loud. Yoshua would speak quietly and the translator was calling like with a so, like a microphone, but without, like he was screaming, he was shouting. Who was he? It was Kalev ben Yefune, Kalev the son of Yefune. And Yeshua was talking in front of all the people of Israel and in front of Moshe, his rabbi. And what was the Midrash that Yeshua Binun said? He said, wake up and sing the highest sky of them all wake up the foundation of the land the bottom one wake up and praise all the foundations and orders of creation wake up and praise the mountains of the world wake up and praise the hills of the world ground wake up and sing to the armies of hashem sky you should sing and tell to all the families of jacob all the songs of all the dormitories and places of the people of Israel. Sing and listen to the words of your heart. Listen to your own heart, to everything that will happen to you in your life and accept it with joy and happiness on yourself and on your spirits. The commandments of Hashem your God. Open your mouths and speak. Give honor to the God that is your Savior and you will thank Him. Thank your master and give and put your trust on him because he is one and there is no second to him. There is no one like your God and there is no one like him in the angels. No one like him in the masters and no end to his praises and to the songs that should be sang for him. There is no end and amount to his wonders. We cannot investigate and tell the good deeds of him, that he is keeping the oath that he made to our ancestors and will keep the covenant and the kindness and the oath that he swore to them by Moshe Rabbeinu that redeemed us with many wonders, that he took us out of slavery to freedom. He torn the sea for us and gave us the 613 mitzvot. Those, those were the words of Yoshua bin Nun, saying first Torah in public to the people of Israel. Amar Moshe, and, and then Moshe said, 36 years Yoshua was serving me in the desert, like that it's written, Umesharto Yoshua binun na'ar. Yoshua binun was still a kid back then, and Moshe like blessed Yoshua and testified by that, that for 36 years he was serving him and helping him was his helper to explain his glory and greatness and huge power that he was the one put his hands on him and blessed him to continue leading the people of Israel into the Holy Land of Israel. And when the time was of Moshe to 
pass away to go back to heavens. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu told him, it's your day to die. So Hashem commanded him, Kerait Yoshua, call Yoshua, and command Yoshua. And Moshe, the righteous man, said to himself, okay, it is the time that I need to die, but maybe the reason that I need to die is because that Yoshua came to that time that he needs to rule, that he needs to, to lead the people of Israel. So I can understand that maybe I should let him lead, but what should, why should I die? Moshe asked himself, why can't I get inside the Holy Land and to, f and to be with the people of Israel? Why I cannot get into the Holy Land and to eat from its fruits? Why that I will not enjoy the reward of entering to the Holy Land, that my legs will not, my feet will not walk and step on the land of goodness in the Holy Land of Israel. I don't mind, Moshe said, to live and that Yeshua will lead the people of Israel and I'm just going to join them and enter to the Holy Land of Israel. So what Moshe did after having that thought in his mind that there may be the reason for him to die is because that Yeshua is supposed to begin to lead. So Moshe was going since that time that he, that thought came to his mind, was waking up every morning and in the evening as well to go and help Yoshua Binun as a student to his rabbi. Moshe, that was the rabbi of Yoshua Binun for 36 years, humbled himself and act as a student to Yoshua that he crowned him as his rabbi. And all those 36 days that Moshe was doing that were considered for him as if he was serving and helping him for 36 years. How was the way of Moshe to help and to serve Yoshua? In each day, Moshe would wake up since midnight, since the half of the night, and goes to the entrance of the tent of Yoshua Binun taking the key from him, opens the door, takes a, 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 a garment and shaking it, cleaning it, fixing it, and putting it close to the head of Yoshua, that it will be close to him. Takes his shoes and fixing them, cleaning them, putting them on the side of the bed. Taking Yoshua Binun's talit and his clothings, and his sweater and his hat that was made out of gold and crown of good stones and he was checking them and cleaning them and, and brushing them and fixing them in front of Yoshua on a plate of gold that it will be easy for Yoshua and comfortable and very like honorable for Yoshua to wear. <laughs> now we can understand why Moshe is called the most humble person on earth. Again, he would go and bring a, a bucket of uh, a jar of water and a bowl that made out of gold and putting them in front of Yoshua. And in all that time, all that time that Moshe is fixing and organizing the room of Yoshua for him to wake up in the right way, Yoshua was still asleep. And then he would 
command, Moshe was commanding a servant, another person, to clean the tent of Yoshua, like that they were doing for Moshe, and he would bring in a golden chair, a golden throne, put a fabric that was made out of very precious, um, expensive, like high quality um, kind of fabric, and put uh, like everything that Yoshua Binun will want to use, um, like for the kings, like for royalty. And then he would announce, Moshe was saying that everyone, he was like telling everyone, anyone who wants to accept the face of Yoshua, to see the holy face of Yoshua, will come. Because it's a thing that came from Hashem, like it's, a, it's the decision of Hashem, that Yoshua will be the leader of the people of Israel. In that time, every individual of the people of Israel that heard that announcement of Moshe was terrified, was scared, and said, I'm afraid, I don't want to go and cry. People were not able to understand how, how Moshe is humbling himself in that way. Like, what happened? Like, it's, a, it's such a radical... Um, opposite crazy change of, of nature. Moshe is, is announcing those announcements that were the announcements of Yoshua. Moshe is serving Yoshua instead for Yoshua serving Moshe. The greatness of Moshe was known and seen and revealed to everyone. And suddenly Moshe is just like letting Yoshua take the job, but not only he's like running and serving and helping Yoshua in such a humble way. And people said to themselves, I, I, I'm scared, I don't want to go and to cry. Like people could not understand how it happens. And they said to themselves, It's like, it, it's, it seems to them like very weird that someone that is as a kid compared to Moshe, that Yeshua that was younger, very much younger than Moshe, he will be the leader, he will be their king. But... The, but the ground, the land opened its mouth and, um, and said, Don't worry, I was a kid and then I got older and I never saw a righteous man left behind. So don't worry for the honor of Moshe, the honor of Moshe, even though that Moshe is humbling himself he is not being uh, humiliated by that. His honor is close and in front of the eyes of Hashem. The elders of the people of Israel and all the big ministers and the head of the tribes and the chief rabbis and all the most important teachers and leaders of people, they all came and gathered in front of the tent of Moshe. And Moshe commanded them and told them, Everyone should sit in the place that belongs to him, like that is according to his greatness, that is according to his um, importance. Means that Moshe did exactly what that Yoshua Binun was making, that the classes, that the times of teachings of Moshe will be like organized in perfection, that everyone will have his seat and everyone will sit in the right place, that no one will be hurt or insulted or something like that, God forbid. 
And because that Moshe saw that Yeshua woke up from his sleep, he would enter to his tent, taking the rope and give it to his hand. And when Yeshua saw that and recognized that it's Moshe that came to help him, he would be embarrassed. And he would take his own garment and covering himself. And he was like wearing his things like very fast. And he fell on his legs, on the legs of Moshe and begged to him, please don't kill me, my rabbi, in the half of my days. Because the kingship that came to me from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, like he was like so worried, how, like how am I receiving so much honor in the days of, of my rabbi when my rabbi is still alive? How, how can it be? So Moshe told him, my son, don't be afraid. You don't have no crime in that. In the measure that you measured for me, I will measure for you. Means in the way that you treated me with great honor, I'm going to treat you with great honor. In the way that you helped me with a good face, that how that it, that, that is the way that I will treat you with a happy face. You helped me and taught and learned for me um, the things that I taught, taught you like that you should love your friend like you love yourself. I will not change that rule and I will respect you and I'm going to be your student dear to you like you are dear to me till the end. Um, and so, but Yoshua and for the people, it was very weird that Yoshua will receive all that honor while Moshe is, is still with them. They all wanted to respect Moshe. So Yoshua did not sit on that throne of, of gold um, that was supposed to, to be the right one for the leader of the people of Israel, like the way of all kings of the world that are sitting on a throne of honor on a very decorated and, and precious and, and um, an honorable seat. So he chose to stand and, your, and Moshe was running all the time to take care of all his things. And um, there was a huge light um, of, of, of glory that was shining upon them all, Moshe and Yoshua that were standing. And there was a huge angel that was, um, that was like a, a teacher angel that was standing over there and like observing and checking everything that everything will be right. The people saw the huge angel standing up on them. And that angel was an angel that one of his jobs, except for being a teacher and teaching, he had a job of to count all the ones that of above, like of the ones that are in the world to come. Like he was counting the endless amounts of angels. Like he knew the numbers of all the angels and their positions and their job, like a gigantic administrator angel on top in charge of, of all the angels in a way. And when he finished counting all the angels and knowing exactly about all the angels, what's going on with them, he was revealing the secrets of the Torah. That was his job. A huge angel that was counting all the angels, knowing everything, anything about them all. And um, a teacher and a rabbi, a teach, an angel that is teaching hidden Torah, secrets of Torah. 
And because that he covered himself uh, properly, that Yoshua was like ready, they came and said to all the people of Israel, you are late, come immediately. And like for the time of, of learning, immediately Moshe caught uh, Yoshua and took him out of the tent. Means that now they're ready all together to come um, to see Hashem in Oel Moed, in the tent. Oel Moed is the tent that Hashem was revealing His Shekhinah, His light, upon while the people of Israel were in the desert. The meaning of the word Ohel Moed is the tent of time. In that time, the tent was the place to see Hashem in the times that Hashem was revealing Himself to His people, to His chosen people. So on their way to them, when Moshe saw that everything is ready and they rushed the people of Israel not to be late, um, Moshe took Yoshua and walked with him out of the tent and brought them to the entrance of that oil moed, of the tent. So Moshe made Yoshua walk in front of him. So Yoshua is walking in the head and Moshe is escorting him. And the people of Israel saw that. They saw Yoshua walking first. They were all in great shock and they stood up on their feet and they were like walking with them. And Yoshua and Moshe were walking together um, to the place of greatness, to that golden seat. And Moshe made Yoshua sit against his will. And when the people of Israel saw that, they all cried together. And also Yoshua cried. And he said, greatness and honor, why should I have? He could not understand why he's receiving all that great honor. He understood completely that the honor belongs to Moshe. A voice came out of heavens and said to Moshe, only Moshe heard that voice, maybe. So a voice came out of the sky of heavens and said to Moshe, you don't have more life than five more hours. Immediately Moshe shouted and said to Yahshua, sit like a king in front of his people. And they both spoke in front of all the people of Israel as one. The face of Moshe was like the face of the sun and the face of Yahshua was as the face of the moon. Moshe was explaining and Yahshua was in interpreting. The verse that Moshe was reading, Yahshua was explaining. And there was no argument between them. Every word that they said was aimed to the same point as one. It was like they were completing one speech. Like a huge stone, a good stone, precious stone of kings that is standing in their crown. Like in the crown, you, you're going to look at different crowns. So you're going to see many good stones in those crowns. But in the crown of the king, you're going to find a huge, big stone that is complete. So the words of Torah of Moshe and Yoshua was as that one large, big, good stone, precious stone. And on that, Shlomo the king said, Divrei chachamim kedorbanot al otam hayoshvim baganim. The words of the wise ones are pushing people to serve Hashem. 
and to do the things in the right way. Still, Yahshua and the people of Israel sitting in front of Moshe and hearing the words of Moshe, even though Yahshua spoke as well, still he was in that mindset of listening to Moshe. And a voice came out of heavens and said, Moshe, you don't have life in this world more than four hours. Moshe said to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Ribona Olamim, Master of the Worlds, if you are rejecting me because of my student that he needs to rule, I will behave as a student to him and he as a great servant and me like a servant, simple servant for him. He will be as a king and I will be for him as a slave. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, I made an oath in my great name that no matter what, that the... So again, I, I'll read it again. So Kadosh Baruch Hu answered, I made an oath in my great name that the sky and the sky of the sky cannot contain it because it's greatness. I made an oath that you, Moshe, will not pass the Jordan River. Very painful, very hard, but that is the will of Hashem. Moshe answered, Ribona Olamim, please Hashem, give me permission and I'll become like a bird that flies in the air and in the power of the Holy Name, I will be able to fly into the Holy Land of Israel or make me as a fish and I will swim with my fins and and will swim and jump into the Jordan River and I'm just gonna look and see the Holy Land. So the Creator said, if I will do so to you, I will break and violate my oath. Means that it was like there was nothing to do. Hashem decreed and the decree had to happen. So Moshe said, Master of the Universe, put me on the wings of clouds more than three parsaot, three horseshoes up, like very high above the sky, above the Jordan. And there are going to be clouds under me and I will be on top of them. And just let me see the land. So Hashem told him, Moshe, think about me as if I violated my oath. So like, I cannot do it, but you can think as if I did it for you. So Moshe said, Cut me to pieces, cut all my organs and throw me, throw my, my pieces, my flesh behind the Jordan River and revive me over there because you made an oath that you, I will not pass the Jordan River. So kill me that I will not pass. Cut me to pieces and throw me over there and over there revive me and you're going to revive me over there so it won't mean that you violated your oath. Moshe found a way how to pass the oath of Hashem and I'm going to see the land. He had such a passion and desire to see the holy land of Israel. Answer to him HaKadosh Baruch Hu Ke'ilu avarti al shvuati as if I violated my oath. So means I cannot do that. So Moshe said, please show me the land only in sight. Let me see, open my eyes to see the land. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu answered to him, in that thing, I'm going to listen to you. 
like it says in the verse, you will see the land from the other side, but there you will not pass. <clears throat> so HaKadosh Baruch Hu shown Moshe 400 horseshoes in the measures, the ancient measures of the Torah, on 400 horseshoes in the amount of a huge area inside of the Pardis. And he, Hashem, gave power in the eyes of Moshe for him to see it fully. Everything that is treasured in it in the highest places and treasured and hidden in the, in the, in the mystery, in the, in the hidden places, the things that are far and things that are close, that Moshe will see it all and told him, Hashem told Moshe, that is the land that I swear to your ancestors, Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, and shown him the whole land with all its, it, what it contains. And that all was the things that he, Moshe, experienced in that day. And it was almost the time that his soul went out of his body. He had one hour and all that process took one hour and a voice came out again from heavens and said, don't upset yourself, Moshe, because you don't have more life to live in this world, but another three hours. Here we're going to stop today, even though it's a great, great pleasure and we want to read more and to know more. A great process of humility, a great understanding about the greatness of our ancestors seeing how holy and dedicated and aimed to the truth in, in perfection, in completion, in ways that are only, can only inspire a person to, to be a better man. This is Dror Moshe Kasuto. Glad you've been listening. The Emuna Project is a non-profit dedicated to producing faith-based media like this podcast. To support our work and to see all our activities, books, and services, visit emuna.com. That's E-M-U-N-A-H dot com. You can also connect with me on social media at Rav Dror for posts and updates. Chazaku Baruch, strength and blessing.